1: From of Studios in Dublin, welcome to Mother Folklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Dara O'Shea.
2: I'm Clodagh McGinley.
1: And our special guest today is Ashlyn Carroll. Hello. Walch Ashlyn. Ashley's been very kind. Of today, there's something that's been on my mind for some time. Every now and then, people get in touch with me on the Irish Four or on Motherfuck through or email address, and they bring to mind certain wacky theories about Irish, but language, particularly you know about that Atlantis. You know, the lost city of Atlantis was yeah. actually Ireland.
0: Well, I've never heard that before, but <laughs> <laughs> I like um, it. <laughs>
1: And you know how, yeah, that the actual the pyramids that are like uh, apparently are um the the design of the pyramids isn't written in Newgrange somewhere. If you look, if you know where what to look, oh yeah, it's because the Irish built the pyramids, of
0: course they did, and, and
1: then after they built Newgrange, and and so forth. And there's a lot of wacky theories about you know um, the those, those written, and sometimes they say, well, you can't unprove it because there's no, if there's nothing written, you know, no one knows what happened then, so it must have been this thing. I'm often reminded of the Family Guy episode of Ireland before Whiskey.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, where everything was, was, was like Wakanda or something. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't like that. But one of the interesting theories that does come up every now and then was that the Celts or the Gaels or the Gaelic people, Irish Ar- Ar- people and possibly Scottish too, were a descended as a lost tribe of Israel. And this is a recurring one. And I thought, you know what? Let's let's kick the tires. This idea. Let's first of all talk about what the base of the theory is, and then we'll talk about who, who wh- whether it holds any weight or not. I thought, who better than a classicist and someone with a, with a, with a good knowledge of the Hebrew language, and as well as being an all-round sounder. <laughs> and Ashling. who better than to come along and take try this theory out and talk about it? So, Ashley why do people think this?
0: Well. First, like I, I was reading some of the articles about it. You know, have to do my research and stuff. <laughs> and one, one of them that stood out to me was that the Celts come because you know you have the twelve tribes of Israel that, and one of them was that the Celts are from the tribe of Dan because the tribe of Dan were like these seafaring people, and then obviously, <laughs> um these like dan descendants were the tuatha de Danon, Okay. and you know these giant fairy okay. people who so, came to we,
1: ireland so the giant the giant fairy people came to ireland <laughs> yes. so we know
2: it's a great start the whole episode. <laughs> this just ancestor okay. <laughs>
1: okay. to let, let's start with Eric. so we have the, the tuatha de Danon. we, we know the tuatha de Danon from irish history from yeah. uh, irish history mythology we know that the tribe of dan uh, in 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 hebrew lore yeah. and hebrew history um it is that all we need for connection
0: well like <laughs> there, <laughs> there's I like to say it's 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 coincidentally similar like you know i i, I have a very uh, uh knowledge of Irish and a slightly better knowledge of biblical hebrew mm-hmm. and i I remember studying I, actually pronunciation some of the stuff I'm like oh that's quite similar like um I find you know the the ch sound. Okay. We you know to learn it we'd be like 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 loch, it would oh, be yeah. like you know chayin or something, um and you know some of the grammar rules like okay. it's.
1: So we get to this that, that the one of the reasons after we we know the the on definitely came from one of the tribes of Israel. Oh yeah. That's we know and you know what that's, like. Insisting more proof is just weird, you know. It's just—it's—it's—it's just, it's, it's, it's you know? But let's say hypothetically someone said, you know what, I need a little bit more proof than the fact that there's a three-letter, one syllable that I matches uh, a, a, a three-letter syllable in another group. And it has been pointed out that there are some similarities between the Hebrew language and the Irish language. First of all, structurally, as well as kind of some word sounds. And one of these is... there's. Yeah, go ahead. it's, it's
0: a verb subject object in both languages which is rare enough we do
1: some front verbing hmm? front verbing. yeah
0: <laughs> Front verbing. yeah oh bane of my life um
1: you don't like front verbing
0: well, no <laughs> it shows up in most of the languages i do so
1: <laughs> okay. so that's so is it possible to say that while there is a uh, front loading of verbs in in hebrew and irish there's other languages too so this in itself isn't a connection
0: no it, no it couldn't be now no i wouldn't mm-hmm. think so i mean y- you've only got uh, you know a not like a finite amount of or- orders to yeah. put verbs in
1: that's true <laughs> it's yeah so it's subject object for yeah for and then Famously, during the uh, when when the Great Recession happened, it was suggested that Germans were better listeners than Greek people because in German German people when they speak German are trained to wait for the verb, which you know, hinges the sentence on. Whereas Greek people, um, they stop listening very early in the sentence because they've have their verb. And this was a theory that this is how these two cultures move differently. And maybe it's bollocks. Who knows?
0: I quite like it. Yeah, I know. I I remember watching this youtube video it was about this um linguist and he was talking about like con conlangs which are you know constructed languages so he was um he was doing fictional ones like dothraki and parcel tongue for some reason and okay. like um elvish from lord of the rings and klingon and i can't remember which language it was i th- i think it I-, I i can't remember but he was talking about that um the The word order they went for was one of the least use, used, which was, I think, object, subject, verb, or Ooh. object, verb, subject, because, and the person who created this conlang was like, this is one of the least used ones, so I'm going to use it for my fictional language to make it seem that more alien.
1: Crumbs. Yeah. It's uh, it's really interesting for me the the amount of attention that does go into these mm. uh, languages and, and stuff. Uh, that amount of attention that goes into uh, fake languages, yeah. Uh, particularly, I see there's people who do have debates about Klingon in Klingon.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hamlet has been performed in Klingon.
1: No. Yeah,
0: no. Stephen Fry did like a documentary about, like it was a six-parter, I think, called Fry's Planet Word, and it showed like them doing Hamlet in Klingon on stage. Mm. Him watching it, it was it was really funny. I like, cause obviously, I don't speak Klingon. But you can do Klingon and Duolingo, actually. Really? Yeah, or or it's coming. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, for me, I was just watching it, and it was just these like, like people kind of screaming on stage. I had no idea what was going
1: on. <laughs> and it's interesting you mentioned Klingon because there's an episode of Frasier. I where was just he gonna is, say, yes. yeah,
2: I was literally just gonna bring that up. Like he, it's um Frasier's son's bar mitzvah, and um, he asks a colleague to teach him Hebrew or to translate his speech into Hebrew. But Fraser doesn't do a particular favour for his colleagues, so the colleague sabotages him and teaches him Klingon instead. So Fraser performs his entire son's Bar Mitzvah speech in Klingon. That's and amazing. it's hilarious. But, like, it isn't there similar, though. I mean, mm-hmm. well. To this, the naked ear, to the naked ear, maybe yeah, not. You this know.
1: thing, and that you sometimes you, there are certain sounds, there are certain kind of recurring sounds. And this is something we talked about in, the, in our machine translation episode that there are certain three letter combinations that are more frequent in certain languages than others, and that they use these three it's they use these three three letter four letter l- combinations to to identify which language is which in things that google translate that's yeah. how say they, they identify it say there's um there's not many ghdhs in other languages other than irish and that's maybe how they might recognize those ones and similarly but the this this takes us into maybe the next part of possible similarities between hebrew and irish which is they have lenition yeah or that they actually they change words slightly depending on their sentence order
0: um yeah i i think um is that like if you're adding like say it because i know in hebrew they do they do this the word or the letter vav is just the word for like and. Yeah. and if you put that between or before um certain letters it it changes like the pronunciation completely yeah, yeah. so we, you, it's uh, the letters, well, I'm just going to say it in English, but it's B, M, and P. So it'd be like bet, mem, and pay. And if you put, um, like, like usually if you're saying and, it would be v, something. But be- before those three letters, it's ooh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, <laughs> but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, and... And then, obviously, the well, perhaps the biggest part of the, this great theory that the lost tribe of Israel we went on to populate Scotland, little bits of Wales, and Ireland, was that some words look a bit similar. Yeah. Some sim- words with slightly similar meanings have slightly similar looks about them. Yeah. And then, so this is maybe some... Do we, there's maybe one or two examples you might have.
0: I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to think. I can think of one off the top of my head, which okay. is just la. Which means, uh, you know, in in Irish, you've got like lum lat, and Mm -hmm. and it's like to me, I think. Yes. It's the same in Hebrew, it'd be like li lak lo.
1: Hey, hey, dark here.
2: And Gerodian here.
1: We just want to tell you about the Dublin Podcast Festival, which is coming this autumn.
2: We're going to be doing a live show at the Sugar Club on the 10th of October.
1: We're going to do an hour long special on satire from the old medieval times up to the present day.
2: And we're going to be doing a collaboration with the Irish History
1: Podcast. They're going to be there too, so we're going to have a lot of fun. You can buy tickets now at Ticketmaster.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or yes, or even look up, look up DublinPodcastFestival.ie.
2: We'll be joined by some of your mother folklore regulars, such as myself and Eimear Duffy.
1: And Patter. Oh yeah, okay, that I'm guy like, as well. That guy as well. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun and we can't wait to see you there. Some of the examples of words in Hebrew that sound like words in Irish include Olak, meaning corrupted in Hebrew, and "ulk" meaning wicked in Irish. Olaf, meaning to teach in Hebrew, an olive meaning a learned person, in Irish, Bola meaning to swallow, and bail meaning the mouth, in Irish, Kun to lament in Hebrew, and Queen to lament in Irish, Tanur a furnace in Hebrew, and Tina, a fire in Irish. Some of the slightly vaguer connections suggested by mister Charles Edwards include Ben, a structure or building, and Bun, a foundation in Irish. Boash, a Hebrew word, meaning to corrupt or to rot, and he suggests that sounds like boss, meaning death in Irish. And, Kur, meaning white or pale, suggests that means cure, meaning dark in Irish. Well, maybe that, that, that's an opposite word, but who knows, it's been suggested. So what does this all mean? So actually, one of the um, I was doing a bit of research on this because I, I, I wanted to prove, is this theory true or not? I really want to know if I am a Tua de Danon and, <laughs> and, and if we, we have this link to Israel or not. It's particularly true, interesting because there's a forest named after Eamon de Valera in Israel. Is there? Yeah, he was visiting Nazareth. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was when he, during his presidency or when he was a Taoiseach, but he saw the revival of Hebrew in Israel as the role model for reviving Irish. And he's very interested in it, What he didn't. What he hadn't t- taken account for was that in the country of Israel, he, Hebrew was a kind of it was a second language for a lot of people who had different first languages, such as Russian, yeah. English, German, and so forth. Whereas everyone who spoke Irish tended to speak English, so he didn't have the unifying factor. But. So mm. here's this is just a piece of a text from Plautus, the writer, the Roman writer, mm, yeah, and which is which happens to be translated. And in, in there's this versions of this in, in Phoenician and in early Irish, and the the opening kind of uh, five letter words in Phoenician are Yeah, it
0: it, it sounds right, like Bethlehem. It's it's harder to read when it's in Latin, mm-hmm. like letters, <laughs> but Bethlehem. Okay. Yeah, and then in the Irish. Okay, so there's
1: a lot of similar sounds there.
0: Yeah, but I, I'll tell you, like, okay. Beth means house. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I think that's just a coincidence if I'm going to be... Okay. This completely is, honest and
1: this is this is probably when we get to that the absolute key point i think you know sa- words sounding a bit similar doesn't mean anything i know even <laughs> if very- the words have fairly similar meanings and i'm so glad that we <laughs> <laughs> r- 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 crack this open today the fact is so we do hear crack linguistic theories do do the rounds and you know what sometimes they're just very interesting and not so much interesting that they they bring to light funny stuff and while it there sometimes there there you do get some similar sounding words in language languages as different as hebrew and irish that does not necessarily mean there's a direct link between these two it do, what it does mean it, it can sometimes give us the opportunity debunking these myths does give us the opportunity to talk about both languages what is similar what is different and what also what the two languages can learn from each other and what the joy of learning languages where that can take you if you continue to look beyond just the stuff if you stop looking when you find something that 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 suits what you already believe mm-hmm. you're never going to get anywhere but if you look beyond what what actually suits your preconceived notions then you can really really find amazing things like you've done nationally you've just found some really wonderful stuff you've um, you probably never thought you're going to do a degree in in no. in, the, in these and <laughs> in, in classical languages
0: not at all no i'm really glad i did though i really like it how did it happen um it's it's kind of a funny story. So when I was, I, I really like art. So when I was in secondary school, I was dead set on doing animation. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to focus on anything else. I'm drawing, drawing, drawing. And then I went to higher options and I picked up a UCD prospectus and I remember flicking through it being like, you know, not going to do anything from here. And then I was like, oh, oh, you can do classics as a subject. Because I've always loved Greek mythology. I was like, that's that's interesting. So then I went to like all the open days and Trinity's was the last open day and I remember going to, up to the classic stall and, you know, what'll I do it with? And they they were like Jewish and Islamic civilizations and I was like, Oh, really? Okay. So I went over to the stall and I just was convinced right there mm. and then. And yeah, I it was going to be um kind of my like classics was always going to be the main one and Jewish and Islamic was going to be like the the kind of one on the side, but mm. that no, that changed completely. Like I dropped classics after three years and continued jewish and islamic and then um yeah i'm going to keep up the hebrew and hopefully going to do it next year when i do my master's and yeah it, it, when i went to israel it actually did come in handy because i could read all the signs
1: because <laughs> i found when we, there was greek was available in my school and it was, the, it was one of the very few secondary schools in Ireland that still does it and it was allowed a couple of years ahead of me and he was uh island topping after first year exams in around Crete or around, around Greece and he did try out his school Greek and uh, when he wanted to get a ferry over to Crete, but what he actually said was more like along the lines of Holla knave where, whereupon that I might get a trireme <laughs> to the land of the minotaurs.
0: Yeah. My um my Hebrew teacher, uh, she um, speak like does ancient Greek as well. Mm. And she was saying that um one of her friends who's Greek, they can always tell when someone will come up and try to practice ancient Greek on them. <laughs> they have this certain look about them.
1: I bet they do. <laughs>
0: yeah. I probably had it when I was in Israel. Like, <laughs> I, I remember um, texting my friend and I, I said, like, the what I thought was the equivalent to, like, my man, which is, like, Ishi. Um, and he said he just burst out laughing in the middle of his work because he's like that was the most archaic thing i've ever heard in my life and mm. i was like oh oh no
1: <laughs> is it yeah, like like zounds or something almost re- probably even older than that yeah, but, yeah. Uh, i think that's the thing because when you go back far enough there's certain words that haven't changed but there's obviously other words that have yeah and i the think so but you've um so you like even there, some a lot of the research or so-called research connecting Irish and Scots Gaelic to Hebrew focuses on very old Hebrew and very very old versions of mm-hmm. Irish, particularly those versions of Irish um, that were that precede modern spelling. Yeah, in which anything goes, and it's, it's it's relatively easy to shoehorn.
0: I think I think as well that the fact that the the Canaanite texts came from. Plautus who was Mm. a Roman I think you have to kind of bear in mind that the Romans had the view that you know the 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 Canaanites were like barbarians essentially Mm. like you know like and they probably like the the Gauls were around too you know the the Celts and the Gauls so they they were probably you know lumping them in with the same kind of category you know that they're just not Roman, so Mm -hmm. The, the coincidences, I'd say, would probably like Plaudus probably, you know, getting a lot of different languages and just throwing it into the because it's it's hard to prove that it was proper like grammatically correct mm. like Phoenician, you know. Of course,
1: <laughs> yeah, those these things are hard to hard to prove at the time.
0: Yeah, and plus the whole like Romans versus the Carthaginians, they hated them so that mm. the Punic Wars, you know, that that would have happened. Uh, recently enough and that was like that's a that's a big big event in roman history so yeah. post punic Wars like everyone hated the carthaginians and the and this is
1: when they sowed <laughs> salt in the soil yeah
0: <laughs> they salted the earth and yeah they just destroyed them
1: because <laughs> at the time this is I, I remember we we did this in school when i was doing latin school we were studying the punic wars and S- S- scipio africanus yeah. uh versus hannibal Hannibal the Great and Hannibal bring the elephants, elephants over, over the, the Alps. Alps. yeah, Which definitely happened.
2: Well... <laughs> definitely <laughs> happened. Definitely. You never know.
1: <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking, because I suppose I was, I was, it's, it's something I have always held an interest in, but one of the things was that at, this is around the time that salt would have been seen as a commercial commodity similar to gold. That's where sal- the word salary comes from. Oh. So to put salt in the actual soil seems like a ridiculously extravagant punishment for a land.
0: Uh, like the Romans did have a grudge, though. So yeah. They could. They they were a salty bunch of lads. Like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that they were. That they were. <laughs> so
0: but, were the Carthaginians after.
1: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's definitely. I think it it really set a nice framework for the rest of world history to go. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so actually, some in your studies of Hebrew, are there any beautiful words that you've come across um, that you'd like to share?
0: I really like the word Tikva.
1: Tikva. Hope. That's lovely.
0: Yeah, it's really cute. It's, it's, um, it's a name as well. Like you, you'll have Israeli girls being named Tikva and Hadar as well, which means like beauty. My friend's actually called Hadar. Hadar. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Because I, I, I met her when I was in Israel last year. And then this year in college, I was doing some translations and Hadar came up and I was like, ah, mm. that's my friend. <laughs> She's beautiful. And <laughs> mm. it's also a, a boy's name well it are. yeah, yeah. You, you'd recognize like is israeli names are very like one syllable like i i love i love the name gal because it's just it's just you're such a gal it's classic and yeah. this was
1: <laughs> when you think of gal being short for girl but also gal means fury in irish oh does it yeah oh yeah apt <laughs> <laughs> all too apt
2: it's interesting though because even that word "gal" as an example of like how you could link the different languages together, you could mm-hmm. easily say that you know the word this slang word "gal" in English comes from Hebrew, which maybe it does. I don't know; could be corrected on that. But like y- you know, like there are lots of examples you could use for that and I think how it's it just is people reaching. I think so. Uh, yeah.
1: But also, what's really struck me recently is that, and I found sometimes I on the Irish where I share a word and someone goes, "Oh, it's this." Is, does the English word come from this Irish word? And some people say, yes, it definitely does. And some people say, no, it absolutely definitely doesn't. And they actually, because of the way the burden of proof works, they can often be even more extreme than people who say it does. The people say, you know what, crack definitely doesn't come from Irish. And, you know, this is this word we know in in Northern Ireland, I'd often still call a friend mucker, me mucker. And it, it, it seems to be a, a drive, drive from Macara. but also mucker does have a separate existence in maybe in in world war ii comics so go go on you old mucker (laughs) and yes mucker they're both the word mucker but they're different words and they're different entries in the dictionary under the word mucker there'll be one word the irish expression one two and while they're they're fairly similar like when, once we this is, we, on the internet recently, someone said, "Oh, you don't tell people that muck comes from Macara because the British dictionary says it comes from you know this World War Two RAF slang." And I think, well, they're two different words, and the reason this comes in is uh, they used to in old movies they would refer to a cop in New York as a Seamus. You might remember this and if you ever watched the very old black and white films. That's
0: so funny because me and my friend yesterday were talking about the etymology of like paddy wagon. Yes. And how, you know, um, in in the US it's, it's because like all the, the first kind of policemen were all Irish immigrants. But then in the UK it's because all the Irish were getting arrested. <laughs> so... <laughs> That, yeah. that's what wikipedia says
2: anyway
1: and, and there's there's an argument for both of that that they said oh because that a lot of the some of the, the there were a lot of expressions in new york referred to geography opinions of the irish the fact that the the train to brooklyn was called the or the train to queens was called the whiskey train and then as like the, as the irish community got replaced by different communities it suddenly got different nicknames but seamus has a name for a cop obviously we think there's a lot of cops called seamus but also in Hebrew, Shemash was a rabbi's assistant, and this was typically a, a job that went to a notorious tattletale, a real grass.
0: Shemesh means sun as well, like oh. the sun.
1: Oh, does it? Yeah,
0: it comes from the like, um, the pre-Israelite kind of god. They just that was his name, Shemesh, oh. god of the sun. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, That's- and I'm trying to remember the moon. I think it's just the same word for month, but I'm not sure which is Chodesh. I'm not sure. <laughs> chodesh. Yeah. It's I like yeah. That. I, I really like like Hebrew and its pronunciations and I, I know like a lot of people might think it's quite like a harsh language, but I think it's gorgeous, mm. you know? And it was completely accidental that I did it as well, but I love it so much. Yeah. So
1: And one thing I gotta ask is that when you um when you study a language like Hebrew, which has a new alphabet, mm. how does that go?
0: um okay at the start it was it was quite tough like at the start i genuinely i was like i'm drawing pictures that's it and i'm never going to learn this but after like like three or four weeks like it just clicks and i can just write it like Hmm. like like that now and
1: and you're not left-handed are you hmm? you you're left-handed no but (laughs) you
0: you get used to it you really Hmm. do um i like i have uh my own like bible in hebrew at home just for assignments and stuff and you know you just get used to all the the books are bound differently as mm. well so you know, because they're being read from like right to left so it's you just get used to it and then yeah you know, when i was in israel like all the books were <laughs> completely mm. like right to left like going in, into the library the one time I went to the library in the university there for 10 minutes because the computers weren't working, so I left after 10 minutes. But um, like all hmm. the books were bound completely differently. But
2: And are the lines like easily distinguishable from each other? Because like when I look at Hebrew, I see just like a series of like lines and kind of random, I don't even know, like it, it does look like drawings that are done like a quill or something almost, because even like with other languages, like say Russian, at least you have specific letters, because I even found that like... But they hmm, are letters. They are, like, I yeah. mean, but do you find that, like, they're, you know, like, do they just look kind of like pictures more than letters? Because no,
0: just- I mean, maybe at the start, but for me now, they would definitely just look like letters. Like, I can, I and it's a bit, I find it weird that people can't read it. It's because funny, Because I'm yeah. so used to
2: it, you know? That's the thing, yeah, no, because even, like, I was trying to, like, teach myself Russian Eight, it's going like, I'm still learning. It's actually, like, a lovely, it's, people think that's a really harsh language, but it is a lovely language. At least with Russian, you still have some kind of like clear, like a letter. It looks like a letter, I suppose, because some letters are very similar to Roman alphabet. But with Hebrew, mm. to me, that just looks like random kind of like lines and symbols, almost like a pictorial language, like Chinese or something. Yeah,
0: I, I yeah, but they are they are very picture looking letters, but they are definitely letters. Mm-hmm. Um, they they would like they're not like um hieroglyphics or anything. Like each letter is pronounced though hmm. like mm-hmm. it d- the pronunciation doesn't change unless you like point it differently and pointing is the vowels because uh, with Hebrew as with modern Hebrew anyway there's no vowels you just kind of hmm. know them like they use vowels when they're teaching like tiny children yes and i feel really bad because i'm like i can't read it without vowels <laughs> so, but so how, the,
1: how does that work in terms of just you um, are, are the vowels assumed as being n ends of the consonants or
0: no see you draw like the vowels like under the the the, the letters so they're mm. like little dots and or dashes they call it pointing and then it just depending on what way you point it it just like that's how you pronounce it but with Modern Hebrew, it's like you just—they just know from context because you yeah. know it's their first language, so they just—they just know. But that like, there's a lot of problems with that, and there's problems even with um, like biblical Hebrew with the like pointing because the word like two and four is the same word. It's okay. la, so you know you people are like scholars are trying to translate a biblical passage and they're or a letter or something and they're like i don't know if this is for someone or to someone and mm-hmm. you just kind of have to guess and yeah it's hard but it's it's kind of it's fun it's fun
1: that's good mm. so and before we wrap up do you have a favorite irish word
0: uh, i would say it's puka
1: puka yeah it's a great one, isn't Oh, it? it's
0: lovely <laughs> yeah.
1: i like the saying it like the sound it makes as well is what it means
0: yeah i i had a pokemon called puka once
1: wasn't it so interesting the way that Pokemon came out? It was, again, uh, like it sounded like a puka, like, like a ghost or kind of a little monster in Irish.
0: Oh, I never it even was, thought of that. Th- and it
1: ties back in with these linguistic coincidences.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is cool. Isn't it just, <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs>
1: hmm, puka <puka-n-a-mon. laughs> But yeah, so, on that note, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a slant from me.
2: A slant from me. And a slant from me.
1: We'll catch you next time
2: hi it's claudia here from today's podcast thank you so so much for listening you can rate us on itunes that would be much appreciated thank you very very much to brian for producing today's show and thank you to kirsten Jill for doing the artwork mother Folklore is out every friday on the headstuff podcast network thank you for listening
1: this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thanks, Brian. That's all for me.